were like, hey, this is Nicole and whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just, I think it's interesting to, uh, to ask you, you know what I mean? And have you be interviewed for, especially for your listeners, because everybody just loves everything that you do. So <laughs> I know that I'm sure that they probably followed the blog and I did not. I suck. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> And I don't even know who was on the blog because there's no way to comment. And I, that was specific. So I didn't have that interaction because that's the mm. point of being off social media. I don't really know who was even on there, but I was getting tons oh. of views. So I don't know who was even on there. Right. Nice. Okay. Weird. Cool. Well, and I think that everybody might be curious. I mean, I don't know if you've gotten a lot of questions since you've been back or if everybody just kind of welcomed you back in. <clears throat> Everyone kind of welcomed me back in. So like, uh, Pat Miller of the uh, Idea Collective Incubator, he interviewed me in, in that platform. Oh, cool. So that was kind of fun, but it was kind of short and sweet. And so there was a lot we missed that I didn't, oh. I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I wish he, I should have had him ask me this. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to start with an icebreaker question because I know for me, my whole life, come up stories are huge for me. I love a good come up story. What <laughs> is your favorite come up story? For myself personally, mm -hmm. like oh who inspired you? What come up story was like? Oh, I want to be that, or I want to do that. Oh wow, that's a really good question. I, I I know where it started with my entrepreneurial mind and stuff with Shalene Johnson. Like mm -hmm. I still want to be her when I grow up. There's something about her. She's like a no nonsense, no BS. She's fun. I feel like I've always kind of modeled myself after who she is. And that started back in, I think, 2010 mm. when I started doing Beachbody stuff. And then then it just kind of evolved because she moved away from the fitness industry with Beachbody to helping people build their businesses, uh -huh. you know. And so I think Brian and I went to her Marketing Impact Academy live conference in California in 2017, I think. And that was a huge, like, aha, right. like, that's it. And that was the year we both quit our jobs after, you know, so like that was a huge moment for both of us to like, you know, we, we can do this. We can do it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I'm going to tell you too, I want to thank you because had you not told me to come to Warrior Unchained, I would have sat there doing the same thing. How do I do that? How do I become an entrepreneur? I want to be an entrepreneur too. Because of course, I go to conventions, I go see all these people and go, man, how did they do it? But I never had the gut to quit my job. Yeah. And so if it wasn't for you and what you're doing, I would have probably still been going, well, maybe I can start a restaurant or maybe I can start a, a you know, dog walking service, you know, I wouldn't have known what to do. And uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good testimonial. I love that. And yeah. I, I look at you as just this badass who's literally been through everything as have come out on top. And, you know, I just feel Still like kind of never... trying to climb my way to the top. But yes, definitely, right. definitely. And I appreciate that somebody noticed. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that if no one said, hey, you've actually been through a lot of stuff, I wouldn't put to use all that that experience you know what i mean yeah. yeah so again thank you for that too so you have mainly online business you quit your job and your husband has a catering business he quit his job so he has a tangible you know brick and mortar industry type thing you right. go completely online and so online's your everything right yes what caused you to say hey i need to take a sabbatical from social media realizing that my phone went with me to every room in the house I was in. It's, it was, I have OCD. And so that is obsessive compulsiveness. When I see notifications, I have to rid that, rid my phone of them. If I see notifications on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, like I have to check at that moment. If it sits there, it drives me crazy. Mm. It's fine. Like I have to have my phone because I might miss something. So making dinner, my phone's there. Going to the bathroom, my phone's with me. Right before bed, quick check the phone before I go to sleep to make sure I didn't miss anything. Were you just waking up in the middle of the night? No, no, no. Once I put it down at night, it was it's done. But okay. like waking up in the morning, scroll, scroll, scrolls. It just I just felt like I had my phone in my hand, like I was chained to it. And I just had that realization, like, you know, holy crap, like, dude, like I am nonstop on my phone and it's gotta stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, completely. Um, a lot of studies say 
just simply having your phone on the dinner table causes stress that you just yeah. don't even realize. So I can imagine if you felt like you needed to have it. So if you ran out of the house and you were busy and you realized that you forgot your phone, would you turn around or that just did not happen? I would have turned around. Okay. Absolutely. Like leaving, it gives me anxiety to think about. Okay. Which is obviously a bad thing. Like if, if I can't, we, you and I got our driver's license. We didn't have phones to take with us all the time. When no. the motor blew my Monte Carlo, you were with me that day. We had a walk. <laughs> Remember that? Knocking on strangers' doors. Hey! Right, like, the motor just blew in my car. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we have our phones, so we don't got to walk anywhere, you know? And so it's that sort of mentality. Like, if I leave my phone to go to the grocery store 10 minutes from me, I'm full down panic mode and I will turn around. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is that mainly like, especially Wisconsin area and here in Dahlonega, half the time you don't have service anyway, oh, wow. <laughs> but it's just knowing that you don't have your phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what anxious feelings did you experience before? Because you set it up. I'm going to, I'm going to take my sabbatical on this day and I'm returning this day. So leading up, what kind yeah. of anxiety did you experience leading up to I that had, first? I had anxiety for a few different things. First, I was thinking about my business, you know, gaining clients, getting people that, you know, to join some networking and stuff. It's like, okay, how do I run a business off of social media? So that caused anxiety. You know, how am I going to, you know, talk about what I'm doing and I don't have an audience because I'm not on social media. That was anxiety. Um, having fear of missing out of stuff you know that was the other thing like well what if i miss out i had to literally convince myself that if something big happened somebody would get a hold of me mm -hmm. i had to go so back to that yeah it's that fomo it's like okay what if i miss something you know but i'm like well no logically i know if something big happens someone's going to be on the phone i'm going to hear about it mm -hmm. but there's still that anxiety thinking about it like you know what if I miss out on something? I don't even know what I thought I was going to miss out on, but you know, and when you, you have live people on... who work for you and do a lot of this stuff, did you have a problem turning it all over? The things that you are the one that does, did you have a hard time saying, okay, I'm going to let you have it for 30 days? The only thing I had to do that with really, because I've, I've just cut it down to just me is I had somebody moderate my group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I, I went ahead and I scheduled, because you can schedule posts, posts which was a good lesson that for some dumb reason I did not do after I got back on social media, which doesn't make any sense now that I'm thinking about it. But um, so I scheduled all my posts and then I just had somebody moderate to make sure, you know, we have a good group. I just didn't want anybody spamming anybody or being rude, but I've never had that problem in that group anyways, mm -hmm. you know? So that was just the check mark that I had taken care of anyhow. You know, I set up my Facebook so that, um, if people tagged me, I had, it had to be approved so that mm -hmm. people couldn't just put crap on my page while I was right. gone. So I wouldn't know about it. You know, just having those approval things and privacy settings in place before I completely got off of social media. But there was definitely anxiety thinking about, you know, stepping away from it, leading yeah. up to it. Are people going to forget me? Yeah. Did you think of that? I would have yeah, are people going to even notice that I'm not on social media, you know, mm -hmm. and, and should it affect me if they don't notice, but it does. <laughs> right. You know, but it does. Yeah. It does. You know, so I think I had everything set up well. I had my blog to track my journey. You know, I had all the things I wanted to kind of track along the way set up. I had a list of things I could do when I felt the urge to reach for my phone. Mm. So I had other activities set up like you know my I love word searches I could do that I could you know go for a walk I could you know I don't know I just had things set up that I could do instead of being on my phone I like that I like that so how long did it take you to settle in where you weren't constantly like oh I gotta go because I do I get that urge like oh I gotta check Facebook did yeah. somebody like that post how long did that take before you lost that urge I was surprised. So there was a lot of surprises along the journey. I thought it was gonna take me a lot longer. I think it was by day three or four that I was like, okay, the anxiety was kind of coming down. And I felt like I could leave the room where my phone was at and not think about it. 
Mm. So surprisingly, it happened a little sooner than I anticipated. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Did you like it? Why or why not? I did. It was very freeing. And I, and again, that was very surprising because I wasn't sure what to expect. So things like when my girls would come over, excuse me, we all be sitting around like the table. We have a four season room where we eat dinner and, and play games and stuff. I thought, okay, what if we're in a situation where everybody's on their phone and I'm the only one that's not, am I going to get annoyed by it? Mm. You know, because that happens yeah. quite often. We're all just quick check our phones and they look up and everyone's on their phones like, oh, <laughs> oops. But it didn't bother me at all. Mm. It, it didn't seem to bother me at all. So that was a surprise. Um, it was very freeing. In fact, there's been, it was a couple times where I'm like, where did I put my phone at? Yeah. And that hasn't happened in ages where I didn't know where my phone was. <laughs> That's awesome. I like you know. to not know where my phone is. And just for fun, I like to turn it down so I can't hear it ring. So when I do lose it, yeah, then it's like, yeah. oh, let me see if I can find it lighting up somewhere. Right. <laughs> but I, I do. I did recognize when I felt chained to mine and mm -hmm. I do on purpose leave it and not take it into the grocery store or mm -hmm. not take it in just small little things in my everyday. Um, yeah. With your family now, during this sabbatical, did you ask them to also refrain at any time when you all were spending time together not to jump on the phone and to be mm -hmm. more engaged? No, not at all. I didn't no, ask did them because it was my my deal. So I didn't ask, ask them even like Brian. He didn't. I don't think he changed his usage of what he was doing. He's not on that much anyways. But, right. you know, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I didn't ask anybody to change what they were doing. Did they naturally just because you weren't? on your phone you know i didn't ask them that because i mean obviously just brian and i hear and, and then when the girls are visiting I, I don't know i guess i didn't ask them that if they felt like you know awkward if they picked up their phone when we yeah. were all together but i didn't say anything either like oh you're on your phone you yeah know? i mean as as because you've been doing this business for seven years now right online well not uh, yes and no i've only been doing the the networking online for since for about a year year and a half right Slam networking's new, but your other stuff leading up to. Yeah, everything. I mean, the speaking is obviously in person. I was doing before the pandemic and now most I do virtual speaking. But everything, the marketing, the, you know, mm -hmm. building up, you know, your online presence takes time. Mm -hmm. You know, getting you know, kind of a, a quote unquote fan base of people who know what you do, who are going to refer you to people who are looking for speakers or now, you know, to find a different way to network. Building that up takes time. Mm -hmm. And then that's and how you get, yeah, you get, kind of, yeah, you get glued to your phone. Mm -hmm. Now, during that process, did your family say anything to you? Like, hey, mom, you're always on your phone or no? Um, I, I kind of felt like there were conversations that didn't happen in front of me oh. about my phone usage. And, <laughs> you know, I go back to like when my mom was alive, there were times where like, I would always like check my phone. And, you know, I could see, I could feel like she'd be like, oh, when he's on her phone again. Yeah. But it's because I was answering a message about something or it was something business related or I had to check on something or check an email, you know, so I, I knew she didn't fully understand it all the time. And I felt that irritation from her. Mm -hmm. And, and I noticed they don't, my family's too nice. I think I'm like to multitask. I'm listening. I'm paying attention, but I'm also checking my phone. And that's so freaking rude. Yeah. And when I caught myself doing it, even though she didn't say it, I felt like I felt like her feelings were hurt when I would do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's yeah. just kind of that your, your intuition just kind of following like, you know, what's this other person feeling when I'm when they're talking to me and being engaged and I'm looking at my phone? You know, yeah, so it's just kind of that intuition. Yeah, it's not fair. And I just felt like and sometimes we feel things we put we put our feelings on other people like oh they're mad at me when they're really not so i don't know if that's true or not but i just felt like intuitively like people are getting in yeah i feel that way too um my kids yeah. have no problem letting me know that they are absolutely <laughs> annoyed that i check facebook while i'm supposed to be watching a movie but i also can't sit still so i'll also right. clean i've conditioned myself i couldn't sit for two hours straight if you paid me unless we're in a theater and oh wow! Popcorn and drinking the soda to keep that, but otherwise yeah. I have the urge to want to pace and do all my things. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I feel like I feel like our generation was a very undiagnosed ADHD generation. Oh, because I feel like 
I'm very antsy. Like if I'm wiggling, even if I'm sitting in my recliner watching TV, I'm, I'm wiggling my foot or I'm checking my phone or I feel like I have to do something other than just watch TV. Yes. How we made it without Adderall. I have no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that is not a plug for Adderall. Right. right. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't sit still either. People thought I was on drugs when I wasn't. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. when I started that journey, uh, no one noticed. <laughs> Right. So do you have a better insight of social media and its effects on your human psyche? Like, yeah. Yeah. I found that um, being th th here's just the few things I found that <clears throat> I was doing that really didn't make any sense. So going out for dinner, we went for fish fry that first Friday off of social media. I took a picture of my fish and I wanted to post it. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's like, okay. right. Yeah. It, but, and I like to plug other businesses. So that was part of it too. Like, oh, Hey, we're at this restaurant. We've never tried. We really like it. Here's a picture of the food. And then not being able to post that and get that feedback. And like, it, it's like a, a serotonin boost. You're like, oh, dopamine here's some, hit. Yeah, yeah. Dopamine hit. Yeah, exactly. And so it was things like that. I saw somebody in the restaurant that I thought I knew from ages ago. I'm like, oh, I think that's so-and-so. I think that's who, I don't know though. It's been a lot of years. I wanted to go on Facebook, search that person's page to see if it was them. And I'm like, how's it like, hey? Yeah. Instead of just going over and being like, hey, are you, you know, so and so? I think, you know, which I didn't have the courage to do, but like not having, but I'm like, how dumb is this? Like, I really had that moment of like, I'm really like stalking somebody while they're in, in person with me to see if that's who I'm thinking and they are. I said, what a dumb habit. What a dumb habit to have. <laughs> but, you know, it but just drew my attention to it. Yeah. Yep. Um, physically, it was affecting me too. Because I, I, I bought a Fitbit. I started wearing a Fitbit before and after. And, you know, while I was doing this, and I was averaging between four and 6,000 more steps a day. Oh, wow. Off of, off of social media. Wow. That's a lot. It That's is a lot. lot. And, yeah. And it made, made me realize, like, holy crap, like, I would literally sit in my chair in the morning, drink my coffee scroll and scroll and scroll until the very last minute I had to get up and do something where when I didn't have social media, I was more apt to just do the thing I had to do. Yeah. And then you're yeah. up and moving around and once your body's in motion, you kind of tend to stay in motion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I found that when I quit smoking, um, yeah. I had all types of people are like, how do you get so much done? I don't smoke. See? Smoking had me sitting for 10 minutes for one cigarette. And then if I had right. two, that was 20 minutes. So right. I got all those minutes back after I quit smoking. And so that's how I get so much stuff done because I don't smoke. Well, yeah. It's, it, there are so many things that we do that we're not conscious of until we stop doing the thing. Because um, you're looking for, you know, that hit of like that instant gratification of Jennifer and I got our nails done. I usually post my pictures of my nails when I get them done. And I couldn't do that. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it was such a weird, you get used to it when you're not on. So it took me not too long to get used to it, but it's just crazy how we look for that outside val, you know, validation. Uh, validation. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think that having our friends on social media kind yeah. of feeds into any kind of insecurities we have, we can go through other people's social medias and compare them to whatever yeah. delusional shit is in our head about yeah <laughs> you know here's here's the weirdest thing i didn't foresee happening so when you're on social media and there's something happening obviously the war in ukraine had just started basically when i got off of social media so i wanted to follow the news but i wasn't on social that's usually, usually where i get my news is social media you see mm -hmm. the feed well now i would open up google and of course you, you can see like the news feeds and i can kind of check the news there read the article watch a video and then I realized it was so freeing to have my own thoughts about what I just read or watched, barred with hundreds of comments that I'm now like scanning through to see what everybody else thinks and yeah. then deciding how I feel about a situation because that's what I was doing. Yes. Do you feel from taking that step back and then coming back in, when you read people's comments, do you feel that when people 
rely on strictly social media to get their information that it turns them one way or another in in not even always a good way I do I you think understand where I'm going with that we are I'm I know I'm I'm easily influenced sometimes by certain things that you know if I'm remotely on the border here and, and I find someone with a really strong opinion that might pull me that way a little more um but yeah, I think we influenced each other a lot because we all want to be on the winning team of whatever that is, whatever yeah. that subject. I mean, some people just like to argue. I'm not that person. Right. I'm a very kind of neutral person and I like to see all angles of things before I make up my mind. Yeah. So it's interesting for me then not to read all the different angles and just sit with my own thoughts and like, okay, how do I feel about this without outside influence? Yeah. Yeah. And that's super important, especially when it comes yeah. to what's going on in the world is to kind of be able to think for ourselves and not necessarily base it on what the masses say. And I felt so much less stressed without seeing all the comments. So now that I'm back on social media, I really do try not to read comments. Yeah. I think you that's know, the best. You know, it because even if you agree with an article, whatever people are in there arguing, it's going to raise your level of stress when you see people who are being hateful or rude or just kind of like whatever. Mm -hmm. And you especially know. in text, they can say to you, well, I didn't yes. mean it rude. Well, but it reads I, rude. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it becomes conflict. Yeah. And we can miss stuff. Yeah, we can misread that in a heartbeat. And I've seen that happen where, you know, they read one word wrong or read it a little different and they're like no that's not at all what i said i'm like oh 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 i'm really sorry i read this completely opposite and i've been i've been at fault for that like i you read too. it the first time and then reread it again after my reaction and was like wait a minute that's not even what the person was saying <laughs> I've done that too um i've had people attack me for using a word but maybe not looking at the picture and reading the story fully through and then all of a sudden yeah. you're getting these I'm like, dude, that's not even what that post meant. What in right. the heck? <laughs> so I <laughs> analyze that heavily when it comes to interaction with social media and how it's yeah. changed people through the pandemic, especially. Yeah. Um, oh. The pandemic really did a number on social media and it completely changed the game from what it yeah. was when we started. When you and I, I started did. on social media, Facebook, yeah. it was to connect with our classmates from across the world, correct? It felt, yeah, it felt so much lighter. I didn't feel like there was hate and people like being just completely jerks. It just felt like so much lighter of a platform in the beginning. Yeah, it was to connect us because I lived in Florida, y'all live in Wisconsin, some people live here, there and everywhere. And I thought, man, I can connect with my classmates because when yeah. you come from a small town, especially, you're very close. Yeah. And so I got to keep that close knit family. But as the years have progressed and social media has become what it has, I don't even yeah. know what word you would use. Right. Describe it, but it's, you know, it's become sometimes it can be icky. You know, yeah, I mean? I'd like to see it turn back to that lighter platform. Um, well, we didn't discuss the heavy topics back then either. Like everything wasn't so politicized or about like even religion, which can be a heavy topic for some people. Yeah. And, you know, I don't feel like we attacked each other for each other's opinions, but they weren't, I just didn't feel like we didn't share those big opinions back there. Back right. then. Right. You know? But I also don't think we really focused or hyper-focused on people's opinion and changing it. Like, where did it start yeah. that it was my way is the correct way and your way is not? Wait a minute. I'm yeah. a human. I'm a human. And for me in my journey, <laughs> maybe right. this works for me. It doesn't work for you. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. It became a lot more black and white. And then we had to convince others, which you've never convinced somebody over social media to change their opinion of something that I've never seen it happen. Yeah. It would be a miracle if it did. You yeah. know, um, I don't know when it became that. Yeah, me neither. It's it's sad. I think it started probably probably pre pandemic. I think maybe in I don't know. I watch documentaries, The Social Dilemma. If anyone hasn't seen it, yeah. did you see that? I did. Hack. I mean, those are the people that created this yeah. platform and these platforms, and they're saying, hey, maybe you should be thinking about some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think social media, you develop this anonymity. I think that's the word I'm thinking of. 
where, you know, these are people you don't see in real life. So <laughs> you, you get courage, you know, there's that, that, you know, keyboard, keyboard courage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're like, like, I can say what I want to say, because there's no consequence. Mm -hmm. Oh, I might get my page banned for like 24 hours. Psh, big deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's something else to complain about then when you're back on. So yeah, I, I, it's like boiling a frog. Develop these new ways of thinking. It can go in the wrong direction, obviously, of if you're going to battle with people on social media and, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's gotten to so divisive now. It's it was a relief to be off of it for a month, and I honestly I had anxiety coming back. Did you really? That was going to be another one of my questions. How did you feel coming back yeah. into it? Like, did you I was, were you excited or were you scared? I was excited, and I I thought I was ready, you know, because I actually came back the week of because I was supposed to come back April first, which was on a Friday, and I came back that month. We had a wedding. I think that was that Saturday. Yeah, we had a wedding that Saturday. So I knew I was going to be busy over the weekend. And I and I had a feeling I was going to feel overwhelmed with notifications when I came back on. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to get this jump started. I'm going to come on on Monday. I can do a quick live. I can talk to people who are interested of, of what the process was. And then I can slowly get back in. And I was overwhelmed. The first three days or so, I felt very overwhelmed. Even though I limited my social media, I didn't put any of those apps had processes I put in place to get back on. So to get off, I deleted the apps. I uninstalled them from my phone. So when I reinstalled them, I'm like, they're not going to be on my main. It's set so I don't see notifications. Unless I open that app, then I can see them. Smart. This way it wasn't kind of calling at me all the time. Yep. But I, because of course, people were excited when I came back on, which I, I, I should have foreseen, but I didn't foresee it. I'm like, okay, people are going to be like, oh, big deal. <laughs> Hey, like, girl, you know, we're happy to see you, but, you know, don't really care, you know, but <laughs> so I was a little, but it, I was overwhelmed and I felt very stressed. Yeah. 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 Um, do you feel like that the sabbatical helped you in your business and how? Yes, absolutely. Because it challenged me to think outside the box. Because before, because I have a, a networking platform, it's all virtual. So I would um, talk to potential or get my, my word out there of like what we do to attract, you know, people to join up with Slam Networking. And I'm like, with without social media, like, how am I going to like connect with people? How am I going to get the word out of what this is and how great it is? And so <clears throat> it made me think outside the box. So what I did was I started, I attended events where my ideal clients were present. Mm -hmm. So I went to networking events. I went to a platform called um, Selling on the Spot Marketplace, where I got more leads than I could have even imagined. Mm -hmm. You know, that really made me say, okay, my ideal clients aren't actually on Facebook. They're on Facebook, but they're not looking to That's join That's not something. where they're looking to right. be pitched. Yeah, like they can get to know me. So I, I realized that Facebook was the, hey, this is the get to know me place. Mm -hmm. We can interact but mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to try and sell you anymore because, you know, you're not looking for that. You just want to have an authentic relationship with me through social media. And sometimes <clears throat> we do learn about people on social media. Yeah. We feel a little more connected to them. Yeah. Us. And then it's like, okay, don't tell me more about slam. Once we've connected for even a year, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> I did bring back LinkedIn after about a week into the sabbatical. Cause I realized LinkedIn wasn't a problem for me endlessly for hours. I would scroll a little bit, interact here and there, and then make a post. But that's where my ideal clients are. And like oh. that's where that's where I need to sell. Getting into events, that's where my clients are. That's where I'm connecting. That's where I'm getting the most leads. So it really did transform my business because I was getting in front of the right people. The right people were saying yes to my offer and they were joining Slam Networking and yeah. completely off of social media. It's nice. Crazy. And before you had everything and everything was and it was clouding over what yeah. you could just take a step back and say, oh, my God, if I go a little here, a little, a little here and then also getting out in the public. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely changed my perspective for sure. And that, OK, if social media ever goes because now I know I don't need it. Right. You right. Know? And we don't ever want to feel we need it. 
right a tool but we shouldn't need it because and we that, live all these years without it right. right but that's where i was at when i decided i need to take a sabbatical i was at that place where if our internet went down i would have anxiety like oh my god i can't post anything i can't see if there's you know i can't i'm, I'm out of contact with people it was that anxiety mm -hmm. but i'm like well that's just silly mm -hmm. so like we had the we actually had our our um electric go out during a windstorm here for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And Brian and I played cards and ate our dinner and I didn't have anxiety over not checking social media. So that now was last year yeah. at that time. Would you have had, would you been like freaking out about it a little yes. bit? Like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And fretting. Yep. And I probably wouldn't have thought to sit and play cards to do something. I would have just sat there and paced and be like, come on, get this back on. I need to, I need to check my mm -hmm. social media and see what's going on. Or I feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. Has yeah, Brian given you any opinion on like, oh, this is how it was. And now after the sabbatical, this is how it is. And I enjoy it more. Has he said anything or does he just kind of go with the flow? He's a go with the flow guy. <laughs> like He's just supportive. Like if I'm going to do this, yeah. you go girl. Sort of an attitude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Whatever. the one thing about Brian that I like is that no matter what you do, he's like, you got it, babe. You got yeah, it. He, yeah. He's just, he's just so that's supportive, awesome. you know? Yeah. He's that's great awesome. that way. Um, I, I never, ha I haven't had the conversation with him. I guess I should ask him like how I he think felt. Sometimes social media <clears throat> can actually get in between marriages even, you know what yeah. I mean? Especially when you are business based on social media and you have to constantly be focusing. When is your nine to five end? Right. Where you are engaging. Yeah. And I've never, I guess I should, I should tell him this, but I do notice. So even now I noticed that uh, last night I do it. So <clears throat> I don't really care what we watch on TV too much, but there are certain shows I really enjoy. So I find that if he's watching something I really don't care about, not that I don't like it, I just am not into it, whatever. I just, I'll sit there and scroll, I'll watch TikTok, whatever. But I notice like when he wants me to be engaged with watching whatever, he puts on what he knows I like because he knows my phone gets put down then and I watch it with him. Oh, so he likes I that engagement. That, so I, I do notice that he shifts what's on TV at some point, like, okay, you know, she's on her when phone. When do you pay attention if I put this on? Right, right. Oh. So I do notice that. I wonder you if know. he notices that he does that. I don't know. I'll have to have a conversation with him after this and see if he does that on purpose or if I'm just, you know, assuming Or if it's that. just one of them things. <clears throat> I mean, and it could be unconscious also. Yeah. And I think he knows that I, I just, I don't really care that much, you know, what we watch. I really don't. So he has control of the remote once in a while. I'll put something on, but usually I'm just like, whatever. It's just, I don't care. I really just don't, <laughs> you know, and if I do, I tell him, be like, I just really don't want to watch this. Let's watch something else. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? But last night I noticed, and this is something else I want to start doing now that I'm back on social media. I did notice last night um, when we were eating dinner, I had my phone. And I was scrolling while I was eating and I just felt uh, disconnected. And I hadn't been doing that, obviously, when, when I was doing the social media sabbatical. So I'm like, I think I need to start leaving my phone in the other room when we eat. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like otherwise you just just scroll unconsciously. And I'm like, oh, I just feel really disconnected right now. Yeah. You know, and how can you enjoy your food and what you're eating yeah. if you're scrolling? Because then you're not using your five senses. Right. Yeah. And then you, you can overeat. And that's what, you know, they tell you don't watch TV and don't, you know, do other things when you're eating because that's when you overeat and eat the crap that you don't need to eat. Yeah. And there's places in like Oregon and stuff where they do um, mindful eating. So you go into this restaurant, no one says a word, you sit and you just mindfully eat your food and you enjoy the whole process and then give thanks to whatever it is that you're consuming. Oh, wow. That's a cool mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I watch and I'm always like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, if we're scrolling or, you know, sucked into the TV, we're just inhaling our food. You don't even know if you're full or not. Right. And so we probably are overeating. And that's maybe why, you know, the U.S. Right. has got some obese people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Have yeah. you permanently removed anything in your life from social a social media platform or TV or anything like that? Is there something that kind of just never made it back after your sabbatical? I'm trying to think what hasn't come back. I find I really haven't gone on Instagram. For some reason, I realized that Instagram is not my platform. Like I just, I forget it's there now. Even mm -hmm. though I reinstalled it on my phone, like I very seldom 
I, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've even checked it since I've been back on. Awesome, Last week of March, and it's already past middle of April. I just, yeah, that's one platform. I'm like, it's just, you know, I was on there because I thought I had to be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because I think we get told too when we're doing online business. Yeah. Instagram is the new place. Well, that's where the younger people are, and some people our age. Um, right. But I just don't, I don't see it as the same user friendliness that our older us yeah we like you know well and really for what i do my ideal client is more of a gen x female entrepreneur you know that's service-based you know consulting coaches and while they might be on instagram i just don't see where i don't know talking about slam networking there it's not a conversation what I'm going to do, put up a pretty picture of my logo. Like it's just not the place I don't think where I'm going to find the people to join Yeah, as much as like LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Facebook is definitely, um, it kind of gives you that it's easy to use user-friendly, but it also gives you that opportunity to do lives and to do all those things where I don't know that Instagram does. Cause I'm like you, I'm not on Instagram. Right. And you can go, you can go live on Instagram. I just, I've never done it. Mm. You know, I'm sure people are going to be yelling, yelling at me. Oh, you need to be on Instagram more. But they also do say, like, stick to the platforms that you know, stick yeah. to the ones where your people are and what you're familiar with. So, yeah, if anything, I've just learned that where I'm I'm not finding my ideal clients and where I don't need to be and waste my time. Yeah, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. So something good did, you know, um, come out yeah. of it. So while you you mentioned that you did word searches and stuff, what other things did you do to fill your time that you hadn't been doing this past 365 days? Right. Um, actually, I, I became a lot more creative. I just felt like my brain was more creative. So I did things like I rebranded Slam Networking. Mm-hmm. I but I had that. more time. I didn't feel a rush to do it because I knew I had a whole month. Because <clears throat> the branding I had was just basically lettering. It didn't really looked at it, didn't say oh this is a fun platform mm-hmm. oh this is like you know it didn't it didn't do that and so i'm like i need to rebrand in a way that people when they see it they think oh this is something fun this is not a serious business <laughs> you know <laughs> it is but it's it not <laughs> is, but it's not like because we're all about having fun and cultivating those yeah. positive like good experiences so that you can become more creative and you know motivated in your own business <clears throat> and so i took my time to do that I thought of ways about how I can pitch myself. I took some master classes mm-hmm. about branding, about uh, pitching, about um, what else to take classes on, content creation, my, how to introduce yourself for your bios. So I was also doing more educational things to help lift my business. Um, audiobook. I did the whole 30 plan so that sometimes was just figure out what we're going to do for dinner and what we're going to eat. Um, I, I just more, I filled my brain with more nutritious content than what's on social media. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so after sitting there going through that and seeing all the time that you had to accomplish all these classes and the whole 30 and all that, do you kind of kick yourself and say, man, I think I wasted some time. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. You look back and you're thinking, oh my God, like I should have done my branding differently like ages ago. And now that I'm doing these classes, now I, I always feel like I didn't have time for anything. And now I'm like, wow, I've got all this wonderful time on my side. I did more connections. That's the other thing I did too, is I did um, speed connections where I was meeting people for 15 minutes. And so I could fit in more and connect with more people. Mm, and yet I didn't. Yeah, I didn't feel stressed out or like I was limited on time because I didn't have that scrolling time. Yeah, yeah. Did it, did your sleep pattern get better? Do you notice? Yeah, so it, and I'm noticing it's going back to the old way. So I need to kick myself in the butt a little bit already. Um, I noticed because what are traditionally before I got off social media, what would happen is late at night by like probably 10, 10 30, Brian's snoozing in his recliner and I'm on TikTok or I'm on Facebook, mostly on TikTok just scrolling and watching. And I would wait until I was like super tired where I couldn't keep my eyes open. And it'd be like midnight, one o'clock, one thirty in the morning. I'd finally wake him up and we mm-hmm. And Brian's an early riser. So he gets up at like between five and six 30, anywhere in there. And I'm like a seven 30, eight 30 gal naturally wake up that time. When I got off social media, what I realized was I was getting that tiredness 
I started around 11 o'clock, then pretty soon it was like 1030. So I did, and I felt like I, I got more restful sleep. Mm. So I, I definitely did shift my sleeping pattern. And now I find like I'm going back to the old way because I am on, I have been back on social media and, and TikTok a bit in the evenings. Okay. And so with your sleep pattern, did you, because I know it was only a month, did you mm -hmm. notice any, the health issues you were having, headaches and stuff like that? Did you notice any reprieve? Or is it just one of them things? No, I think I noticed, well, we were also doing Whole30. So I think that's kind of a, a co combination thing. Yeah. But I, I definitely had less headaches. I don't think I really had any headaches there for probably two and a half, almost three weeks oh, between wow. the Whole30 and then being off social media. And how often did you normally have a like your migraines and stuff? I would say at least a headache a week, if not every other week. Mm. You know, it could be a headache or it could be a migraine, just depending. Right, but right. in part of that, I know migraines are in your eyes. You yeah, get those the auras. But again, social media can cause stress and tension when you're scrolling all these different, you know, crazy things that are going on in the world, and you're reading all these different opinions. It's stress inducing. Oh yeah, and sometimes I think we internalize it without realizing. Yeah, that we're even doing it. It's just an well, unconscious. Our brain is just doing it. Yeah, and even and you know, it's different when it's strangers. But sometimes mm -hmm. if you see a comment that somebody you know, whether it's in person or through social, your friends with on social media, and you see they have a really strong opinion about something that you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. it hits a little harder. You're like, I can't believe that person thinks that or. Yeah. That or way you're attacking me. Why are you attacking me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's a lot more personal where mm -hmm. I feel like when you're in person and this happened. So before pandemic, when I was out in the public more. You know, I had people that I, I connected with in person. We got along famously. And then the pandemic hit. And then everyone's opinions were on social media. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share my opinion of this thing. And wow, <laughs> I felt like I really felt attacked. Mm -hmm. So I had people messaging me like, I can't believe you think that way. And, you know, who's in your head? I'm like, well, this is always who I've been. We've yeah, just never yeah. talked about politics before. Or yeah, I never brought anything to the table before. Now, all of a sudden. Yeah. And it, it really challenges you because it's on social media where I feel like mm -hmm. if we weren't on social media sharing that, it wouldn't have happened that way. Right. I don't think we would have had that uh, headbutting like annoyance with one another in person. Right. I think it would have gone down a lot different. Yeah. I do notice um, people, the, the dynamic of a conversation on social media and then having it having the exact same conversation face-to-face, -face, completely different. It's all yeah. in the interpretation of the reading. And then sometimes one side gets more amped up than they would if you were just saying mm. it to their face. I right. have noticed that hugely. And um, it kind of gave me that keyboard keyboard courage as courage. well, because normally I'm not the person who's going to bring up politics and, and throw my opinion in your face. Like usually I'm just agreeable. Yeah. I don't care what you say. I'm probably just going to agree with it because it's not going to make a difference if I interject with how I feel not going to change your mind. You're not going to change my mind. So why have right. an argument? And for me, <laughs> politics, politics and religion are two places I will not lose a friendship over. Like if right. you want to leave me and not be my friend, just understand I'm Christian and right. I really politically, uh, it's like, well, that's it. which devil do you want? <laughs> right, right. So and that's just in, in pre pandemic. I mean, of course, there was always stuff on social media, but People who are close friends, we always, even if we knew kind of where each other stood, if we were on opposite sides of the spectrum, we didn't talk about it. We got along yeah. just fine. There was yeah. never, you know, who issues cares? between us. Right. Mm -hmm. But on social media, that changed the dynamic where we felt like we could be more brave and say things. But then there was a backlash with that, that, that comes with that. And that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, if nothing else this past two and a half half years has shown us like the divide and the little the little that it takes to divide or ruin friendships and to yeah. me that makes me sad i want us yeah. to live in a world where it's not really that deep when it comes down to somebody's personal beliefs you know what i mean we should yeah, just I, everybody i feel that way too if we can just kind of excel there and just like you know there's so much more in the world to talk about yeah. and to you know yeah. to get together yeah. and celebrate why three subjects you know i mean three subjects yeah. let's move on to something else let's talk about that uh what all the 
planets are about to align. <laughs> right. Or time. And, you know, let's talk about that or that moon we had last night or, right. oh, my God, my birds eating up all my, you know, food that I feed them and how cute <laughs> that is. A lot of people yeah. don't see what's going on outside their front door because yeah. they're so sucked in and having those arguments about those few subjects and, right. and my creating feeling is enemies. Yeah. And my feeling is let's talk about what we personally witness in person, not on social media, not on the news, right. not on, I mean, firsthand what we experience. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And not just reading a headline and then running with an opinion. That's right. the, I, you know, I get a lot of that. Um, they read a headline and they think they know what the article said. Well, read the whole darn article. <laughs> I think that with status is, with the kind of a longer status. And then people make a comment. You're like, you didn't read that, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have had to say, did you read the story? It was a story. I was just writing a story because I'm trying to, you know, get my, my writing together. <laughs> well, and I even wrote about, so recently, because April 11th was my, um, anniversary of my mastectomy. So I had a picture of me in the hospital that I wrote about my experience and this was, you know, yeah. And then I had somebody comment, Oh, I, you know, good luck recovering. I'll be sending prayers. I'm like, uh, yeah. Like the first Did you not see the big six years or however many years <laughs> right. it was? Yes. So yes. people just kind of, and that's what social media does. Well, if we were standing in person or at a table talking and I said, Oh, today's been six years since, you know, that doesn't, that miscommunication doesn't happen. Right. 100%. Yeah, I have seen a few of those too. And I was like, that was a memory y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, that was supposed to, you know, but we get programmed to just scroll and, and see an image like Instagram. And that's what I don't like about Instagram is that you it's quick opinions. It's quick, like I see the picture or whatever. And I don't know if people actually click on to read all the comments or the um, yeah, whatever going the photo. You know, so maybe that's my I thing agree with Instagram. that too. What do you think of the simplicity in your life since the sabbatical? And um, did it bring a positive change to your personality? Did you notice anything that changed inside of your own personality? Um, just kind of keeping it more simple. Yeah, I did notice. I noticed that I had a lot less stress. I noticed I craved in-person relationships more. Um, so simple thing like Brian and I started with this, a group that walks around town now on Mondays. It's like a walking group. Uh -huh. So now we're doing that on Mondays, 1130. But I, I thought, you know, I want to meet people in person. Like I realized, cause I'm a, a, a chamber member of the New Lisbon chamber. I'm, I'm on the board. And when they talk about events that are going on, they talk about local businesses. I realized I don't know people locally. I know people nationally because of my networking, but I'm like, that's a problem. If I know more people outside of my own neighborhood than in my neighborhood, yeah. I need to change that. So I started Especially like being in the chamber. Yeah. And so I realized that like, I, I want to bring people together. I want to be in person. And so I started this on Mondays now before my walking from 1030 to 1130, we meet in town for coffee. Any women, you don't have to own a business. Yep. If you just need, if you just crave connection with other women in town to get to know each other, we're just going to meet and have coffee for an hour and chit chat. So that's wonderful. I did that same thing here in Delanaga. Once a month, we all go out yeah. to lunch. That's it. No, That's wonderful. no, there's no strings attached. We go to lunch, yeah. we sit, shoot the shit. It lasts for however long it lasts. And yeah. that's it. It's to make sure that we still stay social and just, you know, connect with people we wouldn't normally. Yeah. And in person. And that was the big yes. thing with being up. And I think that's what I learned because otherwise I would have tried to orchestrate something online. Like, oh yeah, we're all local, but let's meet through via Zoom because it's convenient. But I'm like, no, we need to be meeting where I think if, if you're a crusader for change, that's where it happens. Not yes. on social media, not through Zoom, but in person, having real conversations. Yes. I mean, we should use our social media fingers to try to do good things. Yeah. But yeah, keeping that in person is so important to our psyche. I mean, we learned that from quarantine. No one really liked right. it. I didn't mind it. I was okay. Um, but it wasn't for everybody. And it, it And I think it created almost like this want to hermit yourself and yeah. stay in your little shell instead of getting out there and like meeting new people. So right. I think that's great. Well, and, and something interesting, something interesting happened too. when we met on Monday, you know, there were six of us that all met. It was great. And everyone kind of introduced themselves and what they do. And something that I noticed that was different in person than it was on social media is one of the ladies who I absolutely love 
she's a pro-life activist. And so she brought that up. And I thought, boy, if we were on social media, oh Lord, somebody would have somebody something would have tore y'all up for having and that I don't care. And I don't care if she would have been on the opposite side of the spectrum. But the mm -hmm. fact that she was able to say that and feel comfortable and nobody peeped up whether they had an opposite opinion or not, mm -hmm. we respected that's her view and this is what she does. It was a very polite, wonderful conversation. Mm -hmm. And we even talked about religion a little bit and just kind of what church do you go to? What do you love about it? Like, how do you choose the church that you're going to? Like, what is it that you want to get out of it? And it was because we were in person. It was such a nice conversation. Like people were... I don't know. It was so different. And I, all I kept thinking to myself was, man, if we were on social media right now, somebody would be, you know, throwing hate or judging us or being jerks about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I often sit and think that same thing. Like how come if you say something that this is how I fly <laughs> on <Yeah>. social media, <laughs> you, you get attacked. Yeah. And yet in a group of people, if you were to state an opinion, it, it comes across as a learning. I'm going to yeah. learn from you. Who are you, Nicole, as the human being? Not, oh, right. your way is not the correct way, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I don't understand where that all came from. And yeah. I think we need to really focus on getting back to that, where you can sit at a lunch or mm -hmm. having coffee and someone can say, hey, I'm pro or not or whatever. Yeah. And why? Yeah, and be okay and with feel, it. Yeah, and not feel attacked or have somebody have the urge to attack you to be like, or like nobody rolled their eyes. Nobody like got all pissy about, you know, it was just, it was so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so glad I did that I did this because I'm like, now every Monday, I'm going to look forward to getting together with whoever shows up. I love it. Yep. And that's how I am too with the ladies group. It's like whoever shows up, if yes. y'all, if it's just me and mom at the end of the day, it's just me and mom at the end of the day, right. we get out of the house. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking too. Like, you know, we have good, you know, coffee in town now and what well, we always have, but I mean, and we can go to different businesses and meet too, you know, so we can also, you know, just kind and of that spreads the love through the community. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, if it's just me, so what? I'm still going to sit here and have some coffee and enjoy myself. Yeah. And you've always been good about gathering people because you did the whole um, the you did the exercising stuff. thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I did. You've done a lot of things where you brought community together. And I love that. And it's funny because I didn't expect as many women that did show up because what I learned when I ran the ballroom. So I taught that a week. And I, I ran this ballroom where I wanted to have more like in-person events, like ladies night out dancing for women like me who don't drink anymore. You know, we can go and have a good time, dance. It's just all women. You don't feel, I don't know, like you're being yeah. hit on and all. It's just, it's just have fun. Yeah. But I didn't have a low attendance. And so I'm like, well, am I doing this for nothing? Like there's, oh, there was always such a low attendance with things because you, no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't get the word out. Right. You know, but now I feel like it's, that's shifting. And I've Would always had. Would you consider bringing that stuff possibly back? Um, Probably. I mean, just getting together with coffee, it seems, you know. Mm -hmm. There's no investment there, which is nice because it's just showing up. It's just mm -hmm. a little bit of investment in time and what it costs for a cup of coffee. Exactly. You know, where the other things were an investment. I had to rent the building. I, you know, yep. pay for these different things where this is all, you know, just show up and, and be there. So that's nice. I do want to do, I really want to have another Warrior Unchained live, like in person I wanna again. That it's changed just, my life. I'm not even kidding. Like, I remember <laughs> sitting there going, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? Leaving, going home, and it just kind of going. Shh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm very stubborn about, like, who I put on my stages because I tell people, I, I just so over the fluff. It's like, yeah. if you're going to be on my stage, you're going to teach something that people can walk away with and implement. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't do the fluff stuff. Don't just come here. Like, I get your heart centered. That's wonderful. But now give yeah. me action steps that people can also do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. By implementing these steps. Yes. 100%. So very, 100%. Yeah. So that was that was so important to me when I did that event, especially. I really want people to I the whole time I kept saying if I can reach one person, you know, <laughs> but I didn't know that till really after. But the one person I I I actually reached was interesting because so leading up to the event, there was one woman who bought a ticket, just one ticket for herself. I had no clue she was. And leading up to the event, she had all kinds of complaints. Like she was in my box about the cost of ticket. She saw a sale going on. Am I going to get reimbursed? And I just thought, oh my gosh, this is just going to be a nightmare. Like, yeah. you know, why did she buy a ticket? Like, she's just like very negative. 
And so I kept thinking about this and I kept telling myself, she bought a ticket though. She purchased the ticket, so she wants to come. There's something she's looking to get out of this event that she even purchased. Even if she has this negative attitude, like something is a reason. Mm-hmm. So then during the event, she complained about she her seat was too far back because she didn't buy a VIP ticket. Mm-hmm. So we moved her up because we had seating. I can't mm-hmm. hear this one speaker because the microphone was a little bit off from her mouth. And so she complained about that. Mm-hmm. There was just all these things she complained about. And I'm like, still, I'm like, but she bought a ticket and she's here. So then on Saturday, when I gave my talk about like my journey going through like my divorce and all that stuff, when I got off the stage, she came up to me in tears and she's like, you're who I needed to hear. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) It was like your story. I cried. (laughs) I cried and cried and cried. And I think that that needs, you need to do that more for people because it's very inspiring. It's and, and I'm glad it inspired her, but, and she even said that she was in a situation similar currently, which is why she didn't know I was who she needed to hear. And I didn't know how, cause I had eight speakers. I didn't know who she needed to hear, but I knew she'd hear from somebody of what she needed. Um, the issue I have with sharing my, cause that was really the only time I really fully shared. It was that at that event is because I don't think I'm, I'm still don't think I'm fully healed enough to talk about it because I found that things bubbled up after that event for me, you know, a little bit of depression, anxiety, and and just kind of like going back to that place mentally. I'm like, I don't know that I can do that again. I think I need yeah. to steer away from that topic. Yeah. Even though I know it's helpful for people, but for me, it kind yeah. of drugs up things. I'm I like, can I just, completely understand that, but I will tell you yeah. it was powerful. I was, mm-hmm. I was moved to tears and I'm, I hope she was able to change her life or get on a path. Me too. You know what I mean? That, that will change her because that's awesome. But yes, you also yeah. reached me over here. Um, awesome. All your speakers were very, very inspiring. Susie, especially. Yeah. Uh, yeah Susie's yeah. story was beyond for me. I was yeah. like, girl, if, I mean, that's coming back from coming back. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I definitely want to do it again. I just don't know when it's going to be or what it's going to look like. It'll be, it won't be three days. I was emotionally wiped. That was a lot. It was that too was much. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's because I shared my story, but hearing everybody else's and then running the whole thing by Sunday, I could have just, I was like done. Just yeah. done. Yeah. You, you guys know? had a lot and then you had to tear it down and clean it up. Correct. Yeah. I, mean, I got to walk away and get in the car and drive home. Um, right. So I can imagine. You yeah. guys, you guys did a lot. And um, I think the most fun was the dance party that you had <laughs> and just the mingling. I mean, you had good people there. So the next event, I think, will be. Even. And I think I would do a one day event and finish up with the, with the dinner and the dance at the end. But I think I would start like 8 a.m., have speakers not quite as long. So we had like basically an hour for each speaker. I think I would shorten it 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, and knock mm-hmm. those out and then to learn and then have the dance and kind of follow it up with a positive high energy thing at the end. Yes. You know awesome. me, I got to have the music and the dancing. If I'm going to throw and a light I, love dance, that. I hate dancing when I'm sober, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting yeah. to the point. Well, I just don't, I got to stop caring what other people think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the dance floor, I don't care. I just, I'm like, whatever, I'm having a good time. I don't care. <laughs> That's been you and your sister your whole lives. It really um, has. I want to talk about your SoundCloud stuff real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, I've gotten, I just listened to Karma the other day. Mm. Very good. Um, you. I don't think a lot of people know what you did. So just kind of tell everybody how you became a lyricist. <laughs> so I've been writing poetry and uh, songs. I go back to about when I was 11. I remember writing, sitting down and trying to write my first song and I would actually listen to music, write the lyrics out. And that's back when, you know, <laughs> it was like play stop. Play stop, rewind, you know, on the on the tape recorder yep. to try and write all the and I write all the lyrics down. And I started paying attention to how they formatted a song. Like, okay, what what is this part? This is like this is a whole verse. Here's the chorus. Now there's this other little bit, which I learned later was a bridge. And so I learned how to like write out a song. And so I switched from writing poetry to lyrics. And so I also used to write a lot of things, which sounds so bizarre now, but people would actually call me to have me write things for funerals. You know, so when people in our lives had passed. You know, well, Wendy, can you write something? Do you remember um, Michelle who lost her little girl, Tori, when that was five years old in the bus accident? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So someone in her family reached out to me, like, Wendy, can you please write something? I'm like, what do I write for this poor grieving mother? Like, I was just like, oh, sick. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm never going to do this little girl justice because it was such a hard thing. And my girls were very young. And so as a mom, I was beside myself for grief for her. You know, she's a friend of my sister's and I knew her, but, it, you know, we weren't cl- close, but still. And so like, when I sat down, I remember just feeling this out of body. I don't know how to explain it. So if you're Christian, you'll understand. But I always felt like the words didn't come from me when I wrote this this poem for her. And the last lines were, um, it, so the, the poem I wrote was like basically Tori talking to her mom, you know, talking about. And so the last lines were, you always said I was your angel, just now I have my wings. That was the oh, last two lines. Yeah. And again, I just, when I wrote it, I didn't know much about Tori. I, I think I had only met the little girl maybe once in person. Um, and so I, I went to the the services kind of last because I was just nervous about going because I just thought this is going to be just such an awful thing to, you know, to, to attend. And, and Michelle said to me, she's like, how did you know I called Tori my angel? Like, I didn't. No. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. it just it just kind of like developed over time. And, you know, in my 20s, I started entering lyric writing contests that I w- would win quite often. You know, so I, I won demos out of Nashville sometimes, but that was usually the prize. And then after my divorce, I met my co-writer, Kenny, who's in Sedona. We met on MySpace. So I had posted some of my lyrics. And here's this complete stranger, you know, in my inbox, like, hey, do you want some music to put to those? And I'm like, who's this creepy guy? You know, I didn't know. <laughs> you know, just some stranger on the Internet's like, hey, do you want me to put music to your lyrics? I'm like, oh, is this guy going to rip me off? What is this? But it, he was just phenomenal. Like, he had something for me to listen to like an hour later. That's how good Kenny is with my my lyrics. So we write really well together and that developed into us submitting for contests and then getting a song plugger in Nashville that shops our songs around. And, you know, we got really close. I'm trying to think what year it was. I have to look up what, what year this album came out of hers, but Gretchen Wilson. Mm-hmm. So uh, John Rich of Big and Rich heard our song from the song plugger and he picked it for Gretchen Wilson. And it was called Men Haters Night. And it was totally a Gretchen Wilson song. And so our song, I think we were like in the top 20 or the, the 20, the final 20 to go on her album. We didn't make the cut. So like we've been really close, but we didn't make it. Um, so it's a roller coaster business. So that's why I don't really talk about it too much because I can be on a huge high. We get a list every month of who's heard our songs, who's kept it, who's, you know, still keeping it for months until they're ready to record. It's just such a roller coaster. And I learned by not sharing it mentally and emotionally, I do better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, now I, I'm kind of letting it out of out of the bag a little, a little bit more. at a time. Yeah, yeah I knew that so- about you, but you to me are living proof why social media can be a good thing. Right, it can right. Be a good thing. Yeah, use it for the good thing that it is, and it's your yeah. story that shows, like, hey, you were on MySpace doing your thing, loving what you do, and you met the right person, who yeah. then took you to continue to do this, whatever it is. No, yeah. no pressure awesome thing. I mean, yeah. didn't you get to go to the CMA award? Yes. Yep. I got to go to the CMAs in 2007, which was very, very cool. <laughs> I mean, we, we were in the nosebleed section, but it didn't matter. Like, okay. you see, like what happens like them tearing down like Taylor Switch. She had like this um, flower stage, I believe with all these big petals that spun or something. I don't remember what it was, but seeing them put it together during the commercial break and quickly tear it apart during commercial, you know, I had a huge crush on um, Keith Urban back then. I remember like before he came on stage, like the commercial break announcing, my uncle called me. He's like, oh, it looks like Keith Urban's coming. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, it was a really neat experience and I got to meet some really cool people. Yep. It goes to show that you never know. You don't know. As long as you're using it for good and not for bad. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's it's absolutely beneficial because now that I'm back on, you know, look at, okay, the Kindness Bucket Brigade. That yeah. popped up on social media and that Dude, to me- you create that? You created that within like, a, just to solve a problem at the moment, right? Exactly, yeah. And it was just a quick- It was a quick everybody. And that that restored my faith in humanity at that point in time, <laughs> honestly, yeah. because when I realized how many people were craving a place to feel safe, not bullied, not see hate, nothing political, they're not being sold to. It was this group that we were trying to combat, you know, um, bullying, but it just became something even better than that. Just was a place for people to share inspiring stories and stuff. So yeah. that's where social media and that's international. So we yeah. have people from literally all over with wonderful. 
That's awesome. And that'll you know? keep going. That restored my faith in humanity at the time um, when that yeah. happened. I remember when that happened. And so I was like, oh my God, people do want niceness, kindness, not all mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I remember being in, in kind of the spiral at that time thinking, oh my God, people are just awful. Like, yeah. you know, why are people so horrible? And then when people were joining this group in like hours, I'm like, kindness and they're really not horrible and they don't want hate what yeah 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 and people who really are just miserable will take that and go oh you're so kind and to be derogatory or you're yeah. so positive to be derogatory i want to yeah. see less of that and more people just embracing the the kindness and the what it really means and your kindness uh prayer group is is huge too yeah and yeah and that was another thing with social media I, you know that was hard because we had to separate that group out which we really didn't want to do but i get you got to respect people's different like you know views and religious things where some people weren't you know they right. just they got really bothered by seeing the the prayer posts and stuff so like you know let's just separate this out this way we're all we keep our focus in one group and then the other ones has its own focus but they're still combined so yeah yeah you know. i think it's great i think you've done a lot of good things and you're going to continue to do a lot of good things <laughs> and i love gertie let's just go there too <laughs> yeah gertie's been fun gertie i keep her in the oh, car now so i can just pop her on if i need to <laughs> i wish i was your neighbor <laughs> <laughs> right just going down to get the mail in the gertie costume walking dexter <laughs> and your husband just lets you do you <laughs> yeah, he just and well, I didn't even ask him to record me. He just kind of came out, and when I was walking back to the driveway, there he is with his his phone. I'm like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I saw that and I cracked up. I was like, man, I wish, I wish, I wish I was the neighbor. <laughs> well, I have two other costumes sitting in my Amazon cart that I want to purchase because I want Tina and Jennifer. I just want to walk downtown in these costumes because. <sighs> Please let thought, somebody video it, please. Well, my thought is, you're driving along, maybe you're having a bad day, and all of a sudden you see this stupid inflatable giraffe and a dinosaur, whatever it is. Yeah. How are you not going to laugh and feel better about your day? Yes. You know, I mean, yes. it's going to yes. make somebody laugh. And who cares what people think? I think that's another thing. A lot of yeah. people think too much about what other people perceive them as or whatever yeah. what people are gonna think screw that put on a giraffe yeah. costume and go into a thrift store and mm -hmm. do a freaking TikTok. i love yeah. that <laughs> yeah that was the craft fair and i'm like i'm just gonna be here and yeah costume yes and people <laughs> responded to it so that shows what this world is looking for something that's refreshing yeah and i think that's awesome and i hope <laughs> that when the baby's born that you mm -hmm. will have an inflatable for the baby <laughs> oh, of course i will i'll be <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Wendy, this was fun as always.